Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Captain Jim Palmer, and I am the Dream Business Coach, coming to you from my new home base in uh, Westchester, Pennsylvania. No longer on the floating home, but um, we are still boat people. We're just temporarily boatless, as I like to make myself feel better. <laughs> Got a wonderful guest today. Uh, Naresh Visa is the founder and CEO of, of a home-based business, um, Krish Media and Marketing. It's a full-service e-commerce technology development digital media marketing agency. He has worked with CNN Radio, Clear Channel Communications, J.P. Morgan Chase, just to name a few small-time clients. No, that's very impressive. He's a millennial who bootstrapped his way to six figures through his marketing and technology agency. Um, I think he recently got married, and him and his wife are um, doing some fun things. In fact, I think kind of similar to Stephanie and I with our five years living on the boat. He's kind of having a somewhat of a nomadic life of minimalism. He's written a lot of books, so I'm going to be asking him about that. So uh, welcome to Dream Business Radio, Narish. How are you doing? Jim, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Huge fan of yours. One thing that you didn't mention in the bio, I worked, got my career started at probably the largest newsletter company in the world. Is that right? That's correct. You probably you probably know what the company is. Agora. Absolutely. That's where I started my uh, my career in online and digital and technology. That's that's where I got started. Oh my gosh! So yeah, wait. Twenty two years ago, I founded my first newsletter business. Then became the newsletter guru and wrote books on it. <laughs> kind of created a whole uh, thing there. But yeah, I'm a huge fan of uh, Agora. My gosh, they are they are huge business and. Um, they're wonderful direct marketers also. And that's kind of where I came to know them through the whole Dan Kennedy and Glazer Kennedy world. Um, so it's interesting how, uh, how we interconnect. And right before we went live, you said, um, you know, uh, my daughter, Jessica had interview connections and um, it's kind of a small world, isn't it? Yeah. And I, I now live in Florida. I, I, my goal is to live on a boat like you, or <laughs> I think you used to. But I was introduced to business and entre entrepreneurship because of Agora. You know, we grow up, you know how it is. You grow up in the traditional mainstream education system. Mm -hmm. And the idea is you get a job, like, like at one of those places that you mentioned in my bio, you know, a JP Morgan, Everbank, et cetera. And uh, when I worked, went to work at Agora, they recruited me. They found me on LinkedIn. I was the youngest director who, who they ever hired. It was their largest franchise at the time. It's changed a lot. This was about 12 years ago. It's changed a lot since then. But it opened my worldview to a whole new level of entrepreneurship. I, I finally, it's like a, a, the light switch went turned on. And I was like, you know what? I'm learning so much here. At some point, I'm very confident I can strike out uh, with the whole corporate thing and just go out on my own as an entrepreneur and do just fine through these online and business principles that I was learning there. So um, I read a little bit of in your bio about uh, minimalism and the nomadic lifestyle. What, what did that look like? 
Well, uh, I mentioned I, I live in Florida now. I used to live in Baltimore when I was working at Aguara. And I, because I became location independent after starting my company, my first clients actually were Agora franchises right in the neighborhood. I, I lived close mm. to downtown Baltimore. And uh, after about a year into the business, I said, hey, you know what? I don't need to live here. And Bal- Baltimore is not the greatest place to live. You live close by in Pennsylvania. Not the greatest place to live by, by any sure. means. Probably one of the worst places to live in the United States. <laughs> if we're being honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so I, I said, I, I'm not beholden to any, to geography because I can... 95% of my work, I can work from anywhere. And so I didn't want to move back to, like with my family or close to my family. I was like, you know, look, I'm young. I'm in my mid twenties. This is a time to explore. Like, I don't understand. I had so many friends who were, you know, they're like 25 years old and they're like, Oh, I want to go back and live close to my parents or like be close to my brother or my sister. Wow. And I was like, the world is such a big place. Like mm-hmm. this is the time to explore. I was, I was young. I was single. I didn't have any, uh, you know, I didn't have any really huge responsibilities. I didn't own a home, no mortgage, no nothing. So I said, you know what, let's just, let's try to get as much experience as possible living in different places, just at least within the United States, and then maybe move out of the United States and go for a Chiang Mai, Thailand, or uh, Colombia, Medellin, Colombia, or Costa Rica, or somewhere else, Argentina, Buenos Aires. So I and I had friends, I, I had contacts and friends and colleagues who did this, they left the United States, and they never came back. They said, it's just too much fun out here. <laughs> you know, so, um, so Stephanie and I, five years ago, we sold our house of almost 30 years, we raised our four kids. And and we decided that we were going to go on a one-year big adventure, which to us at at, the, at our age, um, so I would have been 59 when we started, and um, one year doing something considered way crazy and outside the box seemed like enough. But we loved it so much that uh, we did it for five years. We we cruised 12,000 miles. We went to New England twice, to, up and down to Florida, and you know all points in between because you know the boat only goes so fast and um and it was just the it we really discovered this adventurous side of ourselves that we kind of knew was there but it didn't seem practical you know when you're raising four kids and get the house two cars big tractor and the acre and a half of grass all that stuff and now it's like we don't necessarily want to own anymore we want to be we we're still location independent although we're here to be close to a lot of our family and Steph's dad and things like that but we I'll tell you what uh Narish the uh the bug has bitten us as far as well, where are we going next month? <laughs> you know, we just want to keep going, exploring and seeing so much more of this big, beautiful country. Well, you brought up in the intro, uh, I'm now been married for four years, but I've been together with my wife for, for six years. And before our, for, we have two children before our first was born. And even before we got married, we were going somewhere every month, not as adventurous as you. Like, it's not like we just packed up our suitcases and left for five years living out of a suitcase or, or whatnot. We still had a home base here in Tampa Bay, Florida, mm. but every month we were, we were trying to take a vacation somewhere. And so we did, you know, we, we were able to accomplish that. And then after we had our first child, uh, things slowed down and then the pandemic hit and you couldn't really go anywhere. And then we had our second child. So the, the, 
the, if you want to call it exploring or vacationing has slowed down considerably, yes. but when we're your age, so you said you're 59. Um, so, I'm, so I'm 64 now. Yeah, I was five okay, years sorry, ago. Okay, sorry, you're 64. But you got started when you were 59. When we're your age, that's what we want to do. That's what I want to do. So yeah. we're we're looking forward to that. But it's it's a different it, it's a different lifestyle right now with two kids under the age of three. And this is what we talk. I'm also the host of the Work from Home show. We talk about all these issues about because, like you said, I have a home based business. So we talk about working from home, being profitable, growing the business while also taking care of your family and taking care of yourself. You know, your health, your wellness. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you have you've done a lot. I hardly know where to go in the you know the, the half an hour interview, but um, you obviously have a, a pretty uh, intense entrepreneurial spirit. In other words, I'm going to make my way, right? Nope, not going to depend on somebody else for a paycheck and insurance and vacation. You're going to make your own way, and and location independent is I, I very much admire that. Um, so, when did you? So you had the uh, digital agency. That was the first business you started. Yeah. So the, the primary focus for me, uh, so I, I mentioned uh, Agora Publishing and uh, one of the largest franchise or the largest franchise I worked at there. That gave me the tools to start to go out on my own just by myself, just me. I guess that's how most businesses are started, right? It's mm -hmm. just like one person. And so I offered three or four different services and it was just me. And then about two years in, my clients, so when I left, uh, I already had, it was a side gig, and many of those Agora franchises became my clients immediately, like competitors to who I was working for. It's weird. They have a weird business model. They're like frenemies, uh, competitors, but they all work for the same company. So anyway, I, I uh, about two years in, my clients started asking me, hey, you do this for us, but can you also do X, Y, and Z for us as well? And right. instead of saying no, I said, yes, I can. And I went out and found people who could do X, Y, and Z, and then added those services to our offerings. So our website is at Krish, K-R-I-S-H, KrishMediaMarketing.com. And so then those clients started giving me more business to do all sorts of things. And then they referred their clients uh, because they were having such a good experience. So that's how I was able to grow the business. And that's how Christian media and marketing is a digital marketing agency that it is today. Now, during that process mm -hmm. of it, it's a lifestyle business, that's really what it, it's, it's not, we're not like an Ogilvy or an Agora or anything like that, but it, it, it's a lifestyle business for me and for, for the, the people who work with us. Um, but through the client work, because I, I also came from a background in finance and banking, and so um, a lot of our clients were in the financial space, like financial publishers, banks, hedge funds, et cetera. So through our work with those clients, we worked with a lot of real estate companies and just doing this backend tech work, doing the marketing work, doing the, you know, the podcasting work, et cetera. With these real estate clients, I learned about real estate investing. So, so now it's not just Krish Media and Marketing, but I also have a comparable, at least on paper, comparable business that's heavy real estate investing, real estate coaching, real estate consulting, real estate marketing, et cetera. So wow. those are my two primary 
th- those are those are the two primary areas that I focus on. Okay, and you also got into podcasting. Is that just a podcast to promote your business, or do you do have podcast services as well? Well, that's part of Christian Media. That was uh, I mentioned that I offered like four services when I got okay. started. Podcast production was one of those four services because that, that's what I did for Agora. Actually, this was way back in 2011. I started their first online radio network, their podcasting division. And so uh, we tried it with one franchise that worked super well. And then the other franchises, we just copy and pasted it over. So I understood podcasting super well, but I also understood the marketing aspect, the direct marketing, because that's what they do at Agora. It's almost all direct, direct response, direct marketing. So, um, so I'm very well versed in podcasting, my company, Christian Media and Marketing. That's a service that we offer. And I'm the host of the Work From Home show. Now that podcast, that's really more, I guess we can call it a hobby that does pretty well. Um, the, the genesis of that podcast, because I knew I wanted to start a podcast someday because I've been helping close to 100 different companies and businesses launch their own podcasts. Um, I knew I wanted to start my own. And when the pandemic hit, literally overnight in mid-March 2020, I started the Work From Home show with my podcast producer for Christian Media and Marketing. So we started the show together and it's still going strong two and a half years later. Well, there's something to be said for timing, right? I mean, I think, uh, I don't know if it was Dan Kennedy or, or Gary Halbert said, you want to get in the conversation already going on in people's heads. So that was certainly how to work from home at that point was new to a lot of people. It absolutely was. And the idea did not come from me. I have a buddy who works or worked at the time. Maybe he's still there. I'm not sure. But he was with the National Basketball Association, which the NBA, which was uh, one of the like one of the pioneers, if you want to call it that, in shutting down. Because before the NBA shut down, nobody was everyone was like, oh, we're going to work through this pandemic. Like we're going to, you know, keep the NCAA tournament open and continue with our seasons and all that. And there was one NBA player who, who got COVID and mocked it and started like coughing all over the microphone. And he was like, you know, this is a sham and this and that. And then he gave it to one of his teammates. And then oh, once it spread, then they couldn't play the games. And the NBA was like, numbers started rising in, in the US and in Europe. So the NBA said, we're suspending the season indefinitely. It was supposed to be for only like two or three weeks, but they said, you know, we're suspending the season. And so uh, my buddy, that the day that happened, my buddy called me because he knew that I had been working from home since 2013. We'd stayed in touch and he was always somewhat amazed, like, wow, you're making a living just sitting at home in your pajamas. And I was like, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> That's what they think. <laughs> well, I mean, I do that. I, I'm also a stay-at-home dad to, to both of my sons. And I am in my pajamas. In fact, as we're doing this interview, I, I'm in my pajamas because it's not in, on video. <laughs> but he called go. me. He called me and he said, he said, dude, the NBA just, you know, my employer just told all of us that we have to go home and work from home and it starts tomorrow. And I, I don't know what to do. Like, like, how does this work? And, and so he was asking me for some tips and he does media for, he's a, he's a high up executive in, in the media space. So he handles 
you know, their podcasts and digital media and stuff. And he said, you know, it would be a great idea if you started a podcast about working from home, because I can't find anything online about it. So I did a quick, I did some quick research on, on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, and he was right. There wasn't a single, there was only one other podcast that was about remote work, but there was not a podcast that covered working from home. That's very different. A podcast about remote work is very different from a podcast That's right. about working yeah. from home. And that was the closest thing to it. So I told my podcast producer, I said, hey, uh, this is something we should do because you've been working from home for 10 years. I've been working from home for seven years and we're pretty good at it. We get business, we make money, we earn a living. We take care of our kids because he was a stay-at-home dad too for, to his four children and he homeschooled them. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, of course, we have very accomplished wives so we got to thank them for that as well. Yeah. But, but, um, but I said, let's go ahead and do it. And because we'd done this so many times, we were literally able to get up and running. I said overnight earlier, it took about two business days for us to get up and running, which oh is, goodness. yeah, which, which, and we were boom, up and running. We put out a press release, blasted it out. And the show has done incredibly well since then. And we just keep getting bigger, big name, big name, big name guests after guests. Well, that's awesome. Hey, um, I want to ask you about a couple of your books. You've written, I think, five books, right? Yes. Um, yep. Was the first one Fifty Shades of Marketing? That was the second one. The first one was Podcastonomics. So it was all about podcasting. Good. Well, Fifty Shades of Marketing, I mean, um, was that, was that, did that come out about the same time that movie? Was that again trying to? play off the conversation going in people's minds or what was the title? What was it, the did. The, it did. So the movie came out in February, 2015. Mm -hmm. The book came out in October, 2015. Wow. The, the 50 shades of gray books came out in 2011. The first one came out in 2011. So it, it was pretty clear that the 50 shades series, the franchise mm -hmm. was, had made huge waves and was going to continue to make huge waves because they were planning for the second movie and the third movie in really through 2018. So, so yeah, it was a play on, on 50 shades of gray and that entire franchise. Well, I, I'm, I will tell you from an old time market, I'm impressed because I see that stuff and I know exactly why you did that. Um, so a couple of things in the book, uh, I think one of the chapters was social media, it can improve your branding, but has little ROI. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, well, I, I, I want to, as I brought up earlier, the book was written in 2015. Okay. So here we are talking today, seven years later. And marketing changes, right? And, and I put in the book, in the introduction, I say, look, uh, 50 years from now, or I don't remember the exact, maybe 30 years from now, or 40 years or 50 years from now, I'm going to write a, a follow-up to this book and update it. And one of the things that I am going to update is social media, because back then in 2015, social media was not something that I recommended clients pursue or, or I shouldn't say pursue, it's something that they should be on, it's something that they should engage with. But as far as ROI goes and the return that, that I was seeing through our campaigns, it was still email marketing. It was still very much building your email list, content marketing, email marketing, just creating this funnel to drive people to the mailing list. And as you know, Agora, that's like all they were in the 
2000s, 2010s, uh, that, that's pretty much it. And that was really something that I learned while I was at Agora and the concept of email marketing has completely stuck with me and it still works most effectively to this day. Now, social media, because your question is about social media. Back mm -hmm. then in 2015, Instagram was still relatively new. There were no ads on Instagram. Facebook was still figuring out the whole ads platform. It had only been a publicly traded company for three years. Um, and there was no TikTok. Now that's a huge, huge deal right now. And something that companies should take seriously, regardless of your product or service. Uh, LinkedIn also was under the radar somewhat. Um, it's, it wasn't as huge as it is today. Microsoft did not own LinkedIn back in 2015. So today, and, and then of course there's Twitter and the mess that Twitter's in right now currently. Twitter back then was probably the worst social media. I mean, we ran campaigns on Twitter and literally got zero. So it was a negative uh, when we were running campaigns on Twitter. But the market, these companies, most of these companies have figured it out. These social media companies have figured it out as far as targeting. Uh, really, it's targeting their algorithms. They figured it out. And um, social media, I wouldn't say is still like the best, but it is something that you need to pursue, not just the free branding, not just the content marketing, but from an advertising perspective, the pay-per-click, the search engine optimization, absolutely take social media seriously. And my top platforms for social media right now would be the Facebook umbrella, which includes Instagram and uh, now TikTok as far as content really? marketing goes. Okay. Yeah. Um, I know you probably learned a lot also at Agora about uh, the importance of copywriting, which I know you, you also talked about in 50 shades of marketing is that where you learn direct response or just copywriting yes. in general okay I, I never knew anything about copywriting never heard about it until working at agora truly unique company that agora is no corporation is going to put their workers or their new workers through the training that that agora does and copywriting I mean, that's really the basis of, of marketing and for your, I'm sure your listeners know what, what copywriting is, yep. but in <laughs> case they don't know what it is, copywriting is merely advertising text. It's when you see, you know, when you're driving down the road and you see a billboard and you, you see the text on that billboard, that's copywriting. When you land on a, on an order form and you see what's written on that order form, that's copywriting. And there are some really, I worked with some of the best copywriters in the world at, at Agora because they pay top dollar. And if you're a really good copywriter and you work with a company like an Agora or a major corporation and you're moving product, selling product, you're making no joke, tens of millions of dollars a year. If you're that good, if you're a good copywriter, like not like one of the best, but if you're just a good copywriter, you're making millions of dollars a year and you're literally just writing copy, writing content, writing text that sells product, that moves product. If you're not a very good copywriter, I mean, I've written some terrible copy promotions, terrible landing pages, 
then you'll make people the old adage you know writers are poor writers don't make any money yeah you'll you'll be a poor writer if, if you're not very good but that's anything in life right that is true i mean yeah. i'll tell you what this um this half hour went by so quickly i would love to get you back in a few months because i feel like we've only scratched the surface i wanted to ask you about podcast nomics and uh the new pr 21st century public relations so hopefully you will come back but uh, in the meantime, where can people connect with you? Like, what would be your your home base? KrishMediaMarketing.com, K-R-I-S-H, MediaMarketing.com. That's a digital marketing agency. You can also visit my website, NareshVissa.com. That's my first name and last name, NareshVissa.com. And because we talked about 50 Shades of Marketing on this episode, I'd be glad to offer the book completely free of charge to your listeners if they visit NareshVissa.com, get on my mailing list and respond to the automated email or just contact me through the website at NareshVissa.com. Say you heard me on the podcast and I'll send you your free copy of 50 Shades of Marketing. That's awesome. Thank you so much. It was really fun to meet you and I uh, hope we can get you back on Dream Business Radio sometime. Thanks a lot, Jim. It's been great. Always love talking shop like this. Awesome. Hey, folks, that wraps up this very special interview with Narish Visa. He is the founder and CEO of the home-based business, Krish Media and Marketing, and so much more. This is one episode I think you should hit the uh, replay button and, and listen to it again. There's quite a few nuggets we we dropped in there. You can connect with me at getjimpalmer.com. That is my home base. If you're interested in the Dream Business Mastermind and Coaching Program, a very good decision on your part. That would be dreambizcoaching.com, dreambizcoaching.com. But that's it. Until this time next week, another fantastic interview. I am Captain Jim. Palmer, the dream business coach, and you take good care. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free dream business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.